Welcome to the Fair Chase Podcast. It's like, yeah, it's going to be physically it's hard, suck, but it's also like the best. Later on, that's the story you tell. I got a new strategy. It's, you just go kind of lick your finger a little bit like this. Aim high, play the wind. And then you aim high, you play the wind. It's a new aiming technique that I'm working on. You brought this up. Yeah. It's because you had target panic so bad. Yeah, I didn't have it so bad. Before we jump into this episode, we have to thank a few companies that make this show possible. First up, Vortex Optics. We run their binoculars, spotting scopes, and uh, a lot of their clothes in their Vortex wear line. Quality hoodies. sweaters and hoodies, t-shirts, hats. Yep. You uh, can save yourself 20% on that stuff. Buy. Ooh, it's a new code. The code TFC20. Check them out. Next up, Trophy Line. Trophy Line. No secret, we are saddle guys. We like to hunt in saddles, make the jokes if you want, but yep. they're super light, super effective, and we're big fans of Trophy Line. This year we're going to be running the Mission Platform or the EDP Platform, the EDP. depending, and uh, running the Covert Light. Yeah. Nice and light saddle. Lots of good adjustability on that. I feel comfortable walking with that thing out in the woods. Go yep. check this thing out. Use the code TFC10 to save yourself 10% on the next purchase. Next up, Prime. The bow that got me to switch back. I think I feel like I got you to switch back. You did, but but I like. But it was it's a big because part. of Prime shootability, shooting your bow, their accuracy. Uh, we're big fans of Prime. They're Michigan company. Jared's shooting the Nexus Four. I'm shooting the Nexus Two this year. Go check them out. G5Prime.com. Jim and Georgia from Bivouac Bow Co. make some beautiful bows. Everything from three-piece takedowns to one-piece wood bows. Uh, everything's really beautiful. Made in Michigan. Go check them out. BivouacBowCo.com. We uh, we're big GPS map users on our phone. Um, I get tend to get lost a lot, and Jared you do tend to get lost. A lot. Jared can't always be next to me. When you don't have Jared with you, you can have a little Jared in your pocket. Gross. <laughs> It's an awesome platform. We know the guys. They're local here in Grand Rapids. And you can actually download other apps, stand locations, plot locations, whatever pins that you have, you can download them onto the HuntWise platform. So you're not, you can, give you it a try. can just hit the ground. And you're not losing your research. Yeah. So go check this app out, HuntWise.com. You know, I was actually asked this weekend if we weren't partnered with Vector and like I had to shoot a different arrow, would I shoot Vectors? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I said, yes, of course. Yeah. I love them. I shoot extremely accurate with them. I've never broken one. Yeah. And the sweet thing was is you pretty much just tell Isaac and the guys over there your draw length, draw weight, and I think your tip weight. Your tip weight, and they have a – And then you customize the whole thing. And you they can do it right tip, online. cut, and everything. You don't have to mess with the bow shop or anything like that. Check these guys out, VectorCustomShop.com. For 10% off your order at checkout, use TFC10. Good luck out there. Shoot straight. All right, guys. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on. Sorry, I'm – messing with stuff still here well all right we're no, we're okay. just talking talking crap over here anyway were you uh out in the woods today i was i, I just got back from the adirondacks about 20 minutes ago oh really oh. you got any uh, stories to tell oh, it was crunchy over there i left about five inches of snow to uh, go to about a quarter inch of snow so yeah uh, it was a bad decision on my part but you got to try sometimes it, yeah oh yeah the, the crunchy when you're especially when you're tracking like that is real hard to, to overcome yeah when that little snow it's hard to like size a track too because sure. you know leaf scatter at that point well and that's kind of why i want to have you guys on today before we get into it you guys want to introduce yourself yeah sure joey davis still vermont tyler maynard hyde park vermont all right. And uh, that's what you're, where you're from. What do you do? What, why, what, what's your thing? So 
I'll give a little background, but effectively what we try to do is we try to track deer uh, in the big woods of the Northeast. Um, it sort of comes from a few things. There's not a lot of deer up here, so it's a good way to go find them. And also, uh, I think all of us have a hard time sitting still, so it's easier right. around the woods. Yeah, I, uh, I feel like even the older I get, the less I have, a, I have the ability to just sit there and wait all day. Like I'm ready to get up, not, you know, it doesn't take long before we set up. So I've been doing a lot more, a lot more tracking the, over the past couple of years. And guys like you have just been, uh, made it a lot easier just because it's like, well, what are these guys doing? How are they tracking? We, so we're in Michigan. Um, and so there are guys that do some tracking here, um, and, and hunting and kind of that, that style, but not a lot. And so it's something that I never had been exposed to, never heard about, never learned about until, um, seeing social media, you guys like you, uh, how blood, um, those kind of guys, uh, tracking and following deer tracks and reading sign actively to get a shot off, which is really cool. How would you, how'd you get started? Is this something pretty common by you or, or something you figured out later on? When are you first and all? Um, I was brought into it at a young age. I hung around with some guys, local guys that, uh, kind of showed me the way, you know, they were hunting Northern Maine, Northern Vermont, Northern New Hampshire, and uh, bringing giant bucks home, you know, and when you're a young kid and you see that, kind of lights a fire in there, and uh, a couple of them took me under their wing, and and um, pretty much trial and error, it's practice like anything else, you know, yeah. it's definitely a different style of hunting, don't get me wrong, I love to bow hunt the Midwest and hunt all over the place, but tracking in the big woods is by far for me uh more of an accomplishment at the end of the day yeah so you, you describe a typical day of tracking tracking what, what that looks like typical day of tracking hopefully we're you know getting some fresh snow the night before and usually i'm on company roads so logging company roads big woods uh usually on them about 3 30 in the morning and i'm looking for a 200 pound plus track sure. uh, when I find it, depending on the age, I'll wait till daylight and strike off on it. Um, most days, most days are right around 12 to 15 miles, depending on what that buck does. Sometimes it's not that long. Sometimes you can kill him at 830 in the morning. Yeah. Just walk wow. right up. That's Jared luck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I do have some good luck. Um, how do you, I, I mean, obviously you can, you can look at the tracks and, and see that they're deer tracks, but how are you deciding that? that's a 200 pound animal to get after. Like, are you just looking at how the animal walks or obviously the imprint of it, how deep it goes? Yeah. Like what, what goes yeah. into something like that? So a lot of them, those bigger bucks, they're, they're going to have, you know, a 200 pound buck is going to have a three inch wide track and he'll be at least three and a half, four inches long. Um, you look at the size of the track, the gate, right? His mm -hmm. stride his, his stance, his, his, you know, width of his body, um, above all else, a deer's stride, how long he is, that's, what's going to make him, make him way up there. The, you long, can't, the longer the deer, usually the heavier the deer. Sure. They say yeah. big bucks make big tracks. Big bucks. You store that away for a rainy day. <laughs> for a rainy day. Yeah. There's a big doe out there too, though. But if you look at enough tracks after a while, uh, it's almost, you could, there's a bunch of ways you can tell a buck track from a doe track, but if you watch a woman walk and a man walk, if you look enough tracks, it's the same thing. You can Men splay their feet more. 
the way a buck walks, there's a particular way. And if you look at enough tra tracks, 95% of the time, just looking at it, you know, it's going to be a buck track. Yeah. I mean, yeah. a buck track, a, a mature buck track, uh, they've got big shoulders on them, right? Males in general, they got big shoulders on them, front shoulders, and their front feet will be wider than their rear, right? So rear is always stepping on the inside of their front oh. track. Where a doe, she's got bigger hips, right? Yeah. So on the outside of her front track interesting i've never heard that before that's good stuff yeah. when, when i was a kid this is how little i was taught about tracks when i was a kid i was taught dew claws on the back only boys had those yeah. <laughs> and that if you see dew claws which again that in, in reality that sometimes is the case if it's a heavier deer and it's stepping harder in right. but that's not true at all it's usually older deer you're seeing dew claws. Not, yeah. It's not really sex. Older deer, just like just like people, joints get bad and they start putting weight on their back. You can see it with like feet. dogs. If you watch a dog, yeah. an older dog, his feet are all splayed out, yeah. right? Because he's just getting old, you know? Yeah. They Jared's, Jared's feet are like that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Mine are and I, I actually like to throw people yeah. off. You know, James, was, or you guys were talking about, you know, you know the males kind of walk with their fronts wider than the back <clears throat> i've got a pretty bad pigeon toe so yeah, people yeah. don't even know what i am I yeah that's right clomping around yeah, you're, you're kind of like pigeon your legs are a little bowed too oh yeah you, you're, you're a freak you, you dude. put a beach ball between them yeah <laughs> the, the best is when you get on a deer some deer have unique little strides like i was following a deer that kicked out its back left foot a little ways yeah it's always that's always the best because all these deer, if you follow a deer for 15 miles, it's crossing tracks. They'll cross other buck tracks, and sometimes buck's about the same size. And mm -hmm. if you always want to stay on the same track or try to. Sometimes you want to go to the bigger track. But when they have that little unique little feature, and they're sometimes really subtle, but if you look close enough, you can start picking those out, stay on that that's, track. That's awesome. So, I mean, what I like about this is that, I mean, you are actively engaged in the hunt the entire time mentally. Like, you are... In your tree stand, you can kind of, your mind drifts, you're thinking about other things, you're scrolling on your phone, whatever. But when you're tracking, you're thinking, you're, I mean, you could not be more present there mentally because you are thinking about what that deer is doing. You're thinking about wind and you're thinking about, I mean, a million other things that you're, that you're hearing and seeing around you. Um, and so, I mean, I just have always been fascinated about this. And um, one thing that I was kind of reading up on is looking at tracks to tell what the deer is doing. So is the deer about to bed? They kind of start to meander more. Are they on their, you know, on the way they're more of a straight line. Do you guys do a lot of that kind of stuff too? You're looking at how they're walking. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You're reading it, whatever they're doing, you're, you're reading it. Right. So that buck tracks in front of you, you know, he's in front of you. Yeah. He's, he's, um, he's going to take you in on an adventure where that's different from bow hunting, where you're sitting and you're waiting for something to happen this case, you're, you're going to make something happen. You know, yeah. he's in front of you. So reading that sign, whether he starts to feed and all of a sudden he does a 90, right. You know, he's going to go bed. Um, sometimes he doesn't, sometimes he'll get right back on the highway and line out for a doe. Sure. And when he does that, you got to do that. Otherwise, you know, he's taking four steps to your one. You're no. never going to catch him. I think, I'll, I mean, yeah, go ahead. sorry to jump in there, but one of, I think that like one of the things you said, between bow hunting or other forms of hunting, still hunting. One of the things I like about tracking the most is you sort of nailed it with you, with you're engaged the whole time. 
is you get to see a deer what they do through yeah. you know you're falling track for 12 hours so effectively you're seeing what a deer does for 10 hours yeah okay? and you see everything they do and you're it, you just learn a lot by doing that and one of the coolest things that i've learned is every deer is a little bit different and when you start following a deer a little bit they have patterns and every deer is a little bit different there's common things they're just like humans you know yeah. we all need to eat we all need to sleep they all do the, those things but deer each deer is unique and what they do in these little things and these little nuances you pick up which is what's you really live in the present, even if you're not seeing that deer. Uh, that's one of the reasons I love tracking. It's the only time in my in my life that I can spend 10 hours living completely in the present, not thinking about work, money. Exactly. It's like fully engaged in that deer is taking you were seeing what that deer did for the last 12 hours, or you're shooting it. Hopefully. Yeah, ho hopefully <laughs> you're shooting it real real soon. Usually you just see what it's doing. Yeah. Uh yeah. And I mean, plus you get to see more stuff. I mean, part of what, one thing that drives me crazy when I'm stand hunting is like, especially if it's an area that I don't know well, well, like, Oh, you know, I'm sitting there. Well, what's over the, what's over there. And there's like yeah. a hill right there. And I don't know what's on, I was bear hunting this uh, earlier this year. And I know there was a kind of a hill and the other side, there's a big lake, which I never got to actually lay my eyes on. And it was driving me crazy. Cause I'm like, oh, I'm sure there's like beavers in there. I mean, who knows what's going on? And I have to sit on this side and not, I'm not allowed to move. Uh -huh. It's driving me crazy. So it's cool to be able to be out seeing things. I mean, obviously you're actively engaged in deer hunting, but I mean, you're seeing tons of other great stuff when you're walking around in the woods anyways. Yeah. Um, so you're putting on 12, 15 miles. This is an all day thing. How, how much, how much land are you like, say you're going to a new area, how much land or area are you, do you need to, to, to walk around? Cause I'm sure people are going to be listening to this and think, Hey, you know, the biggest chunk of land I have near me is maybe, you know, 500 acres of public land or something. And that's about as big as it gets. Is that possible to do on a track of land like that? It's possible. It's not it's, easy. <laughs> yeah. It's not impossible, but the chances of you on 500 acres with other people around there's a good chance you're going to bump that deer into somebody else and somebody else is going to kill it. Yeah. You know, not always the case. Sometimes you can get onto him and kill him, but uh, more often than that, often than not on a small chunk of property, you're going to boot that deer onto somebody else. You're going to boot him off. Yeah. If, if you're hunting small land like that, my advice, and we don't really hunt land that size is go super slow. And sort of a key to tracking in general is understanding your cadence. And you brought that up as with what the deer is doing. Yeah. The deer is lining out. You got to run, not run, but you got to cover ground. If the deer is eating, you slow right down. If you're hunting small ground in the typical like bed to food pattern you see in the Midwest or in smaller plots of land where the deer aren't traveling 10, 15 miles yep. a day, slow, just, I mean, effectively track like you're still hunting. Sure. Um, you could, it's possible, but you're going to get one shot. If you kick that deer once, <laughs> it's gone. But when we hunt, I don't know, we're going as big as woods as we possibly can get into usually. And that's not only for tracking purposes, they're just bigger deer usually in bigger woods. They're where, hiding deeper in there or something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, some of these tracks of land that we're hunting, I mean, I would say the small side of things are three, 3,000 acres. You know sure. what I mean? Well, I mean, that's in Vermont. I mean, when we're going out of state, like I, when I got back, I just went and hunted a 30 by 30 mile piece of woods in the Adirondacks. Sweet. How'd you do? Uh, it was crunchy. I saw some deer. I actually saw a small, a four corn and five doe. 
which is surprising because there must they must have been deaf deer because it was so loud. <laughs> it was a sort of a failed mission, but it, it's always fun to get in the woods. I'm just grateful to be in the woods any day. Again. Yeah. Oh yeah, and and that's is that New York? You're the up in New York. Um, they have a, I thought they have a pretty good tag system. I don't remember if I'm thinking of the right. They do. You can get two bucks over there. Yeah. If New York. New York's a unique state. Uh, varies by zone but yeah like this is late season muzzleloader so there's only a few parts of the adirondacks you can still hunt right now yeah so you uh you're putting on all this time these miles uh you're going you're on big chunks of land um and you're you're hoping to start off by just cutting tracks you're from your car or you, you you walk and trying to cut tracks too as daylight approaches if you don't have nothing going on you gotta strike off i mean there's guys that'll, guys that'll ride roads and try and cut tracks. I mean, middle of the day and I, it can happen. Right. I mean, especially yeah. during rut, but, uh, that's not the way I do it. Generally when it's starting to break daylight, I want to be into the woods and I'll strike off. I'll pick a, <laughs> I'll pick a certain direction, you know what I mean? Or a certain Ridge and I'll hike a straight line to it in between some sort of pinch point. Maybe it's the end of a road and the top of the Ridge, right. Where a buck's going to cross. Sure. between the two. A lot of these deer up here don't like to cross roads and they definitely will not cross roads if they don't have to in the middle of the daylight. Yeah, of course. And most of these bucks up here have been tracked multiple times throughout the season. So most, yeah. like, is it safe to say more, more hunters by you track than, than stand hunt? Is that accurate? Definitely in the North. It is huh. the preferred method of doing it. There's a lot of guys that'll sit, right? And there's a lot of guys that are just not able to do the tracking no more, right? I mean, the older yeah. little generation. Um, but yeah, there's there's some players in the game that just track. It's awesome. You yeah. guys, um, I mean, say you're 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 going on your tw your 12 mile tour, and you're you're in the you're like at the pinnacle away from where you started. You know, say you're six six miles back, or whatever. Um you shoot a deer are you are you packing them back in a backpack are you dragging it you're getting a show a sled out there what do you what's your what's your depends way i posted state. about this today depends on the oh, state right. yeah because some states you can't quarter them out new york's the only one we hunt that you can quarter them out uh everyone else we're, we're dragging them out ah, brutal. Mm. if if I'm that far away from the truck depending on you know like a lot of these places these company roads there's roads that you can get close to right most yeah. of the time you can get that buck out without a problem you'd be a mile from a log road of some kind but uh it's definitely happened late in the day before where usually you dress him out you know throw a shirt on him and leave him right there for the night as long as you touch that animal got him out throw a shirt on it predators aren't going to bother him you don't have too much so you guys have some bears up there right yeah, we got bears, coyotes, coyotes foxes, yeah, bobcats. Yeah, coyotes is, are what we always do, deal with as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and only yeah. rifle or muzzleloader. Muzzleloader, a lot, mostly, not mostly, but muzzleloader, we get a lot of snow. Sure. So we muzzleload on a lot. Right now, we're all we're carrying muzzleloaders right now. Yeah, interesting. No, no archery. Archery is not a. You know, you've not tracked down and shot a deer with your bow. I've done still hunting uh, a lot with a bow and I've shot in one doe with a bow still hunting, but no, not, we've never tracked down. It's we don't get snow that time of year. Dry ground right. hunting hard. Um, it's thick too. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're killing most of the time when you're killing bucks with a rifle, it's under 50 yards. Right. 
it's close quarters and that's without leaves. So with leaves, you can imagine how thick it is. If you're not yeah, you shooting in their bed, they're standing up out of their bed. And if they're not standing in their bed, they're running like a bat out of hell. <laughs> so you, you uh, you're walking out. You do you? I mean, typically your shot are have you kicked them up and they stop, or are you trying to get close and sneak up and then hit them bedded, or what? What are you doing? Ideally, you're getting them in their bed. Uh, about fifty percent of the bucks I've shot have been in their beds. Yeah, the other ones. 25% have been looping back here. You try to loop you. And sure. A lot of times if you're on where we're hunting, there's a lot of trains. So you can sometimes catch them looping you below or above you. And the other 25% of the time they're running and you just get lucky, you're birdshot and you're just throwing lead in there and hoping that you get hit. Yeah. And I'm the other way around. Like most of the bucks that I kill are either standing up out of their bed or they're going, yeah. they're headed. Yeah. Running. Joey goes quicker through the woods than me, so that's why they're moving quicker too. Very rarely do I catch one in its bed sound asleep. Laying down. Yeah. But you know, so that there's an ethical thing there, like shooting a deer in his bed. And I, I bring this up because the other day I was talking to my my daughter's nine, and we were saying, you know, it'd be cool. Something about a shooting a deer bedded down. And she's like, Well, dead, you can't do that. I'm like, what do you mean you can't do that? I mean, you snuck up on him, he's sleeping, like you did your job and He's sleeping, so it's a lot easier. She's like, no, you, you can't you can't shoot a bed of deer. She didn't have a reason. She was just like, can't be done. That's too funny. We, we hear that a lot about running deer, too. But I'll say this about every deer I shot running. I, every, any deer I've ever hit, I've recovered. Yeah. So, you know, when you get in the ethics of it, because we're tracking these deer, if you get a blood trail, it, it's going to be coming home with you. Especially like, a shot. At 50 yards, if, if it's truly like your guys are saying, that's a, with a rifle, I mean, that's. Unless close. it's non-lethal shot. I know a few guys, we had Dustin, one of our, one of the guys on the team last year, skimmed the deer and had two drops of blood and we didn't recover it. It was a non-lethal shot. It happens, but, I, you know, I know a lot of people say never shoot a running deer. I, I sort of disagree with that in the sense of what the way we hunt. Because if we if we get a shot that's going to kill a deer, we're 100% recovering that deer. Yeah, I mean, there's a time and a place, right? Like in big woods, you got to be smart on bare ground, right? You're not going to just shoot to shoot and hope and pray. You got to you got to be careful about that kind of stuff because one will get away from you. You know, when yeah. you got snow on the ground, it's a whole different ball game. If you can draw blood, chances are you're going to track him down and get him as long yeah. as he's there you're going to get him i mean I, I get no problem with a running deer shot maybe people not like to hear that my first deer i shot was a running deer mm-hmm. dropped him button buck yeah. 12 years 14 years old that was about as happy as i could be at that moment you know yeah but he was running yeah i think they're running and the bedding thing comes from the bow hunting world which yeah. I, I get with a bow i'd never shoot a deer with a bow that's running but a little bit different on snow with a rifle and also it just depends on like how much experience you have i'm sure there's a guy out there there's probably multiple guys out there and gals that in certain circumstances with a bow they could probably shoot a running deer and be just fine i can't but i'm not saying that there's not somebody out there that has that type of experience or skill i bet you jared jared you probably could shoot one while it's running yeah Yeah, you've done that several times with your bow right just aim high play the wind when I was a kid, I had a, a, a one of those hunting videos, and one of the guys on it was a, shooting a, a recurve, and it was like a it was like a deer drive situation. So the cameraman's behind him, and you see this doe 
bound like right right in front of him and two seconds later a buck does and he like he pulls back and like shoots it mid leap like 10 yards in front of dead ass sprint uh which was like i would rewind it watch it over again rewind it watch it over again when i was little i thought that was like the coolest the coolest thing either an extremely good shot or one lucky shot well you see probably people, luck you <laughs> see the people shooting grouse with the bow and yeah. flight. i mean there's yeah. talent out yeah. there there's talent out there yeah, you, I saw this, this Instagram or something of a guy like behind his back shooting pennies out of the sky and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I bet you a deer still is a lot different than that. But so anyway, so you you most of the time you're not you're not packing these deer out, doing a lot of tracking, um, and you're trying to really get to them in some sort of bedded situation. So, right, ideally, um, ideally, yeah. Either if you're going slow, or feeding, yeah. a doe. Yeah. So you, you start looking for signs that they're slowing down. And I mentioned, um, kind of meandering or take you, you said, take a hard 90, uh, degree turn. Um, what other things are you looking for that tell you, Hey, it's time for me to slow down and really pay attention. Yeah. When he starts feeding that, when he starts putting the feedback on, he's more than likely going to lay down. Right. They got to chew their cud. If they're feeding heavy, they got to lay down and chew their cud. You also oh, notice yeah. that if they're feeding heavy and you kick a deer up, usually they'll lay back down. And a lot of guys think it's because they're tired. It's because they got to choose their cut. So if they're Jared's like that. Yeah. He eats. He just <laughs> lays back and just chews for a while. <laughs> if you see a deer feed, right, and he, he keeps going a little bit and he all of a sudden you see some droppings, that's a sure indication that he's getting ready to lay down. You, you poop and you sleep. Yeah, you. Yep, you Sounds better like a life. Ready. You better yeah. be ready. You also Is look up, or at least I'm looking at train a lot too. Yeah, there's certain things you look for in the tracking world, where even if that deer hasn't fed, you just you're just giving it an extra eye. Uh, if you're in hardwoods and there's a few softwoods in the middle of them, that's the perfect place. There's little knot, like little knolls, sure. where there's softwoods and there's hardwoods around. Generally, bucks will either bed, in my in my experience, they're either bed in thick stuff or they'll bed right under softwoods but overlooked hardwoods so they can see. They like to look out. They want to see what's coming. And they like this bed under softwoods that gives them cover. So yeah. those little, or any kind of edge too. Yep. And edges are different than we're talking about in the Midwest, but same idea, deer creatures of edge. If, you got softwoods coming to hardwoods. That's a place you want to slow down and take another look at. Yeah. Yeah. We're always looking for swamps. No, I mean, deer are edge animals, right? Whether it's a Midwest and they're cruising the side of a bean field or, you know, it's up here where they're cruising the side of a spruce thicket, you know, it's the same same thing. They like that cover because if they need to bail in, they can bail in and get away from predators. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah we, we've seen them a lot too we see them under like kind of un- tucked under blowdowns or like up in yeah. like That's a blowdown tree uh and then like looking out I, I have a spot we kicked up a pretty nice buck last year jared and i that was yeah. during bow season when we were sneaking around in the woods um but it was under a blowdown literally looking up kind of a hill and actually up there was where people would park and go and hunt but he would just be in a spot where you, you wouldn't, we, I don't, it would have been hard for us to even see that deer had we walked past it. It was just tucked up under that blowdown. It could just watch yeah. people be, being idiots walking around, having no idea he was right there. Yeah. It was a, it was a windy day that day. So we figured we would just start stalking around on some of the pins we had dropped on our hunt wise app. And 
I started walking down from where we parked and you started, we were, we're coming up on like a finger walking, like shooting out into this big marshy swamps. So we're like, all right, well, let's too deep take to one. really like for them to walk across that, that marsh. Right. Yeah. So we're figuring maybe they were going to be bedding out on that, the very tip of this thing. And so James took one side, I took the other and all of a sudden James goes out of view and I come up on this blowdown and I kind of slowly starting to go around it. And I'm like 10, 15 yards away from this blowdown. And all of a sudden this buck just takes off out from underneath there. And I'm just like, dang it, dude. He was right, right there. there. And uh, I just did not see him. Yeah. It was, it was sucked. Well, <laughs> Live and learn. You guys mostly bow hunt? Or you guys also rifle or shotgun at all? Everything. Whatever is legal, I'm going to, I'm taking <laughs> out in the woods. Like for a while, we did a lot of like exclusively bow hunting. Uh, where we just were on a, not for a couple of years, we did a lot of bow hunting, uh, and now it's pretty much everything. So yeah, I've got the rifle out. I've grew up with the, the 30, 30, uh, lever action, uh, rifle. That was like, that's like the Michigan gun out there, uh, Marlin 30, 30. Um, but I'm shooting, yeah. My shotgun rifle, whatever else. Yeah. Do you guys make it up to the upper peninsula at all? Uh, yeah. I bear hunted there this year. Um, I haven't, I don't know if I've ever deer hunted there. Everybody says it sucks. So I never go. What, what yeah. place I want to check out. It's cool. It looks, it looks wild up there. It's, it's wild. It's, it's yeah. It's a different place. Once you cross the bridge, like it is, it's, it's, it's wild. Like it is the untouched wild of Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was up in Keweenaw. Is that the Le- Le- mm-hmm. Keweenaw Peninsula? Um, that's where I was bear hunting. And it was just like, there's, you can go a long ways and just not see anything in, in some of those woods. Uh, it's a, it's a cool area and I'm sure they do have big deer. I mean, for a while it was known for the UP was known for the, their big bucks. There's a, a gas station. People always stop in on the, like, right. When you get into the, the UP that has some like monster, you'd think they're like Iowa, you know, type bucks just on the walls. And those were the old, good old days of the UP. And now from what I know, I, like I said, I don't have personal experience actually deer hunting there, but, uh, the hunting is not, not as good. Yeah. We, we stopped into a store somewhere there on the other side of Sault Ste. Marie one time and they had some huge box hanging on the wall. Some Titans. I'm sure it's the same. Everybody, I posted a picture of it one time and several people messaged or commented like, Oh, is that, what was, I can't remember the name, uh, name of the place, but yeah, Yeah. I mean, they're there. It could be the same place. Yeah. We used to go out to, uh, Northwestern Ontario and deer hunt kind of the same style that we do here. Sure. Sure. So you, uh, you feel like you could take this style and and translate it to other areas. Are you, uh, like specialists? Yeah, no, for sure. You definitely could take this style anywhere, whether it's the West, you know, Montana, Idaho, or it's northern minnesota michigan ontario northern maine wherever it is you could take it as long as you've got woods to play in yeah and snow, and snow yeah and snow and you 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 can do it we're, we're going we're actually joey and i bought flintlocks this year we're going to uh western pennsylvania for flintlock season to try to track Sweet. Flintlock. So. i've never done that uh, the gas station. <laughs> I haven't even shot one yet. We're watching Tyler shoot one. You'll be fine. I'm nervous. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy, that uh, gas is it the Cini gas station? Cini gas station. Yeah. 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 Huh. yeah. I don't remember the name of it. Probably the same one. Yeah. Big bucks on the wall. I remember I stopped in. I'm like, hey, man, 
what is this? I where'd you get this, these bucks from? Is this like Iowa or something? He's like, he thought it was hilarious. He's like, <laughs> this is from 1964 to 1992. And then okay. after that, you know, I don't know. Deer hunting like, dropped off. I feel um, like Michigan and Vermont are a lot of like we have rich, rich deer cultures with crappy deer. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of deer hunters. Yep. A lot of a lot of deer hunters. And it's like we talked about this in the show, but like growing up, um, opening day of rifle, November 15, I mean, not our school, we were a little far South, but a lot of schools North of us would have no school, uh, on that day. That was a school holiday, which I was right in the world when, you know, your school takes off opening day. That's just kids are raised right that way. I think. Yeah. It was before my time, but they used to do the same thing here. That's why, you know what? These kids have no chance these days, you know, <laughs> But the pity their video games and their music television. So yeah. So um okay, so you're you're waiting for snow. Um, but if it's not snowing, what are you guys doing? Just pounding ground. I'm bird hunting. Covering miles. (laughs) I'm bird hunting. He's covering miles. You're cut when you say covering miles, what do you mean? Just you're still hunting? Yeah, just lining out, covering, covering ground, just still hunting. Find the sign, you know. Um, I can't play. It's Sitting is just not in my my blood when I have a gun in my hand. I can do it when I got a bow in my hand, but I can't do it when I got totally it. totally agree okay. with that. Unlike you, you want to see what's over the next ridge. Yeah, I think me. that's why people discovered America in the first place. Just a bunch of guys like, hey man, what's over there? Yeah, you know, yeah. no. Nope. Um, sure. Dry ground we use a lot for scouting too. It's, sure. You know, any place that we want to check out that's new, and we want to take the gun for a walk, you might get lucky. Deer hunting, right. no matter how you do it and how good you are, a lot of luck's involved. So it's going out and scouting with a gun in your hand or when it's drag around, it's always good luck. It's all about timing, right place, right time. Oh, yeah. And you can't be in the right place in the right time if you're not out there. Yeah, yeah that's exactly it. Can't shoot them from your couch. That's right. A lot of guys do, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's 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 really cool. Um, something like, like I said, just a, a great way to, to get out, to experience the woods, to learn about everything. Cause I'm sure you guys along your walk, you're, you're finding stuff, right. You're finding like, I don't know, weird animals, bears, porcupine, whatever else, just walking around the woods, things people normally are in their nor- everyday life aren't seeing. We see a lot of moose. Joe sees a lot of moose. What yeah. do you, you almost stepped on a, uh, snowshoe hair the other day, didn't you? Yeah. I looked down and I could see fur. I was like, what is that? That 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 little snowshoe hair was two feet in front of me. Really? They're, they're, they get big by you, don't they? <laughs> they get pretty good size. I mean, big. Three pounds, maybe? Yeah, I would say the average maybe might be three. Okay. A big one would be five, yeah. you know, which yeah. was, is rare. But So like a chicken. Yeah, yeah. like a, when they get to a certain size, it kind of creeps me out. I'm not going to lie. Like a, a large rabbit gives me the willies. And I don't, I don't really know why. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, don't I, like going, you don't like going to the fair and seeing those Easter bunnies. They creep cage. me out. I don't know why it's like there's there's a right size. They can't be too small or otherwise they're a mouse. They yeah. can't be too big. They give me the willies. They got to be just that, you know, <laughs> that right size. I'm used to the cottontail rabbit, you know, being in the woods that we're, where we're at. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, I mean, we are close to small game. Like, well, it's small game season starts September 15 here. Uh, but I don't really start my my small game hunting until after deer season's over. Cause I don't know. I usually like, I, I small game hunt where I like to see deer too. So mm-hmm. speaking of that, like we were only a few short weeks away from that, maybe some rac- raking hunting out mm-hmm. there, Jared. 
get out and do that again. We have a lot of fun doing that. So you got to find ways to stay in the woods and squirrels and rabbits are delicious. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Are you guys bringing like a 22 with you or anything like that when you're out? Pop, no pop. We're going light as light as we can. But I, I mean, once the season closed, I'll go out, I'll rabbit hunt. We do, we do the same way that we, uh, track, we track rabbits just like we track deer. Yeah. Yep. We, dog, we track them. And usually what we do is we, once we get on track, we get one guy to sit there and someone track just as a dog and track right back. Yeah. Oh, that, you know, you, you bring up something that I, I was thinking about. So gear, we, we, we talk about gear on this, uh, this show sometimes. And it's like, you know, if you talk to some tree hunter, tree hunter guys, they are, I mean, they have a backpack full of gear for everything. Uh, and we've talked a lot of times, like that's how our season will start. So I'll start the season with like a bunch of stuff in my backpack. By the end, it's just a flat backpack with just enough to carry the deer out. And that's basically mm-hmm. it, you know, cause that, you just sick. Of, you get sick of carrying it around as the days go on. When you're, when you're th- talking about like the, the ideal, you know, set up for, for tracking deer. I mean, you're, you're, you're not taking backpacks. It doesn't sound like you're just taking a candy bar in your pocket and a bottle of water. Or what does that look like? I go, I mean, I probably go heavier than Joey. I wear a little fanny pack. I have a sandwich, a bottle of water, a lighter, uh, waterproof matches, emergency aluminum blanket. I don't know if it's aluminum, but a foil blanket. The fo- Yeah. Yeah. And that's about it. Because backpack with tracking you don't want a backpack because you're going under brush and stuff and right like brushes so i have a little fanny pack i think joey goes even lighter than i do yeah i mean i carry a fanny pack um it's not very big uh there's extra shells in there there's a knife in there a lighter in there a drag rope and uh that's about it huh. i don't carry water i don't carry food what do you, you don't get thirsty out there? You're going 12 to 15 miles. You're not Dude, getting hungry. Camel in it, man. You can't on flat ground. It can be tough to find fresh water, but when you're in the mountains, there's as long as you know where you are, there's plenty of fresh water you can drink from. Drink Some guys that kind of tweaks out a little bit, you know, they're worried about getting beaver fever. Yeah, beaver fever, but I'm not worried about it. I've yet to get it. And I've been drinking. It's because he's been since doing it since it was two. Yeah. I know it's that puddle water. <laughs> <laughs> so you're what are you looking for how you wait 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 so you're telling me you you don't filter your water what do you you eyeball up a good source you just try to find no beaver poop in it or what, what's your what's your strategy for clean most water of, yeah i mean as long as you know the area that you're hunting right most of those streams coming off the tops of the ridges they're all they're all spring fed anyways sure you know i mean you if you don't know the area, I wouldn't recommend drinking from something that you don't know unless you see that water coming out of the ground. He's got to right. say that for particular reasons. I see him drink straight from a beaver pond. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we did that this year. Not we didn't. We filtered it, but we basically drank from a, a beaver pond uh, out on the island in, in Lake Michigan. That was a, that was a spring. <laughs> you the thing is, we didn't find where it came out. I could only get. I knew there was a spring in there, and I we were kind of an we weren't in a hurry, but like, we weren't going to spend a whole lot of time trying to find the, the spring. So we got as close to it as we could. And did you, I think we filtered it all. Didn't we? We filtered it all. My filter was broken. So it took double the took time. A while. Yeah. And the funny thing was we sat there, filtered a bunch of water, uh, which took a while. I cooked up backstraps from the buck I had shot that day. And yeah. the very next morning I, I was looking, I, there's a ton of great buck sign in that general area. And I kicked up, 
a monster buck 20 yards maybe from where we were sitting a day before just cooking food sitting on the the bank uh so didn't get him didn't get back on him but that was that was like i did not think he was going to do that yeah yeah i mean i know guys that have built campfires and shot bucks while they were sitting there or hunting over gut piles and shot deer coming in to investigate what it was Mm -hmm. i love it i mean jared loves to hunt the highway (laughs) you say that every time and i've (laughs) never sat near the road although i've never sat near the road our problem is the opposite we on the road's a little different than near the road though right yeah it's a fine just off the road yeah (laughs) it's illegal you follow the bullet you know what i'm saying (laughs) uh yeah that's cool so um i mean this is all well and good right this is uh good to think about right and it sounds fun but like if i'm if i'm me and i'm not if i don't know you guys or anything i'm thinking like yeah that's cool and all but like how actually effective it is it sounds like a real crapshoot like how 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 effective is this way of hunting it can be very effective very effective it's uh if you got snow uh there's it's probably the most effective way yeah i mean in the big woods you could you know, you can find your sign, um, you can find your pinch points, you can put your stand up. Our season in Vermont here runs 16 days, right? It's a pretty short season compared to like our sistering states. And and um, you can sit there all 16 days and probably not see a deer. Right. And that blows. If anybody's yeah. ever done anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I would absolutely lose my mind if I had to sit in a deer stand for eight hours a day. Just with, with saying it's effective, it's also just like any form of hunting. You got to you got to do it. It's, yeah. you, you, I, there's, there's not a guy I know that can go every time he goes in the woods and kill a deer, no matter what technique he uses in what areas we hunt. There's a guy Jared knows that can do that. Yeah. It's myself. No, it's me. <laughs> oh, whatever. No, I, no, that's true. Right. I mean, it's obviously, and it takes practice, right? You got it. Like we've been saying, I mean, there's a million things you probably do in the woods that people that don't track wouldn't even think of or, or look for or notice. Um, and so, uh, yeah, interesting. So you guys, what? One of the most important things is, is, um, uh, knowing the woods, right? Like, um, feeling comfortable, you know, in big woods, that's a, that's a big thing when, when you're not worried about where you're going to come out and you feel safe is a big difference from somebody that has stepped into big woods for the first time. And, you're tentative when you do it with, and you don't know what you're doing and you're not committing, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, a couple, for instances this year, you know, I, I wasn't really worried about where my truck was, was at. I mean, I got picked up twice. I was seven miles from my rig. I mean, it just, I'm going to come out to a rig and somebody's going to come out to a road and somebody's going to be coming down through that'll give me a ride or I'll have some sort of service to get a hold of somebody. And, yeah. but, um, yeah, you just got to go with it. That buck goes, you go. I rely on that method a lot. I tend to end up walking, especially on my way out of the woods. I get, I get turned around real fast and I'll, I'll like, usually my walk home in the dark takes a lot longer than my walk out in the morning. You yeah. know, yeah. Jared rolls his eyes, but like I get lost super easy, man. I, I don't know why, Ooh, whatever birdie. that magnet that is in people's brains, like that's the same as pigeons that they could find their way home. I don't have a very big one of those. <laughs> you know and so i'll be i'll be like wandering and jerry's like where are you going i'm like i'm going back to the truck idiot he's like no man you're going and i look up in the map and i'm going like you know 70 <laughs> degrees the wrong way yeah yeah like clockwork 
seriously. It's like, I, I need, I need like a mapping app or I don't know. I don't know what I would, I was thinking about that the other day. If I was not living in, in 2022, you know, if I was living in 18, 1922, 1822, who knows, yeah. you know, either I'd be still out in the woods or I would be like a, a shopkeep. I would not be a hunter at that point. <laughs> Is they call them shopkeeps, right? That sounds like a word from the 1820s. Definitely. So uh, you guys get any big deer this year? I'm yet to pull, uh, fill a tag. Joey has. Yeah, I shot a pretty good one here in Vermont. Um, I see that posted the, recently. I think I did. Yeah, it was a, didn't weigh a whole bunch, but uh, had pretty good antlers for, for around here. Yeah. I, I actually had to come from the north and and work i had to plow i'm a plowing contractor and um we got really good snow i mean the, one of the best days of the year and uh i got done about 8 30 and instead of just turning and burning north i ended up hunting the mountains around here and didn't cut anything first thing and uh ended up cutting this buck's track on the way back to the truck yeah that's it nice I get it to focus for yeah. some reason yeah, and yeah, uh, that's a nice buck. What do you, oh man, I'd I'd be tickled. As yeah, I no, say, just, yeah, he's a good buck. No, no doubt about it. I could tell you, it, I didn't know what he was. I mean, they got what they got when you're tracking them, right? And most right. of them, they don't have that good of antlers. Yeah, most of those heavy deer just don't have antlers. But I respect so you, the green plaid, by the way. <laughs> I mean, that's like true northeast, the green wool coat. Where do you where do you get a coat like that? that thing's sweet. Got some woolen mills. It's a local company, right? I, I live in Hyde Park. It's a town down for me. Is that is that a universally accepted as the type of green coat you need? Uh, one of them. I think they're only. They used to be Beagle. They're out of business. Yeah, and there's so, not many yeah. wool companies around anymore. Quite a the wool pants too, man. I was. I'm a. I've been all about wool pants this year. The big heavies. Yeah, yep. it's kind of what you need. Not necessarily what you need, but it's going to keep you warm, right? Yeah. I mean. And it's tough. And if it gets wet, I, you don't get freezing cold. No, you don't. It's going to keep your heat in. Yeah. yeah. I got like some Columbia pants or something I found used a while back and they've, they've been all right. I feel like they're not totally wool though. Like it says wool, but I don't know the actual percentage. Yeah. You There's know, a flake in there. There's some wool was harmed. <laughs> being a, they're nice. Being they're a... warm, dude. They're heavy. They're heavier. But like, if you think about it, a lot of those big bibs and stuff, uh, there's, those are pretty heavy too. So it's, and, and these seem to, to be a lot more like mobile. So I'm digging them. Nice. Well, guys, so you, you, uh, you've got one, you've got a, you got your work cut out for you. You got another, how, when, when is New York end? Are you going to go back up there? No, it ends on Sunday. I'm having a, it's been a tough season for me. We haven't had a lot of snow. Um, yeah. I'm not making excuses uh, at yep. all. I've missed mm -hmm. a few. Someone had to give Joey a little tip on where he found his, uh, but I've missed a few other ones. Uh, it's just been a tough season, but keep keeping on it. Yeah. I mean, in all honesty, I think one of the coolest thing about tracking is obviously shooting a deer. Everyone wants to harvest something, but uh, it's the experiences along the way. That yeah. Make it awesome. I've had, in my mind, I've had a super successful season. So. Yeah. I mean, if you think it, we've talked about this before too, it's like the success of your season or even of a single hunt really just depends on like how view of zoomed out you are you're looking at it right so if you're looking this is totally zoomed in on one hunt you don't get a deer it's like oh this is the worst i went out didn't see a deer 
you zoom out a little bit, you're like, well, I went to this spot and I learned that deer move here and not here. Or this time of the day, this works, your wind swirls this way, you learn something. If you even zoom out farther than that, it's like that's one year of many that I've learned lots of lessons, lots, seen lots of things in the woods. Keywords learning, as long as you're learning something. I mean, you should be learning something every time you're in the woods, otherwise yeah. you're wasting your time out there. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of my favorite things about hunting. Yeah. Because you go on, it's like, I didn't know that. Didn't know that was going to happen, <laughs> you know. Did not see that coming. Didn't see that one coming. That's awesome. But speaking of learning something, like I've been taking, actually right before we got on this call, which I, the last few days before I went over to New York, I've been take I've was been chasing this buck around Vermont, and it, I didn't jump it, but I took its track all the way up to thirty five hundred feet, and it had a few beds up there. I've never I've never taken a buck up that high to naturally bed twenty five twenty eight hundred. We've seen him bed that thirty five hundred in Vermont's high. That's high. There's not even that many peaks that high. There's not many peaks, peaks that are much he's, higher than 35 So, you know, we were debating, is it a young deer that's running away from things or is it an old deer? I guess and, a smart one. Uh, long story short is I'm going to go back after and I don't really care because I'm interested to see what's making a bet at 3,500 feet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, does it even get to 3,500 feet here in Michigan, Jared? I don't think it does. No. Not even in the Porcupine Mountains in the UP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's cool. Doing seeing that was just cool. I was like blown away. I I don't really care how big or small its horns are. I'm just interested to see what's up there. Yeah, mm-hmm. the stuff you learn, the story you can tell. I mean, that's that's just as just as cool as the rest of it. So, well, excellent, guys. Hey, and we're coming up on time. Um, and I appreciate you coming on, just like sharing a lot of random things about tracking deer in the woods. Because clearly, we've only done it a handful of times. And I I'll tell you, I have tried to track deer with my bow here in Michigan a couple of years ago. I told you I was went bow heavy for a while. I'm like, I could, I'm going to try it just with bow this year. Um, and so followed a bunch of, you know, read all the forums, uh, listened to a bunch of podcasts. This was probably four, four or five years ago. And I, I, I was like, I'm just going to track the, any deer like doe. I'm going to try to shoot. I'm just going to try to see what happens. Um, ended up getting a doe random total luck. Like I, the ones that I tracked the right way didn't, didn't get, but I did stumble upon a doe and shot one. Uh, but the snow in the snow, like an all day hunt, like you guys are doing. And it's, it was fun. I felt like that was one of my favorite hunts, favorite deer to kill just because it was totally different and like extremely exciting, extremely exciting. Yeah, no, it is any, any day that you can get behind a buck following him or whatever it is. I mean, it doesn't have to be a big buck. It could be a doe. Like you're saying, I mean, you know, that deer's in front of you. Yeah. I know level that you're going to see it at any second. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, we we're big dough guys, Jared and I, you know, we'll take a dough many, Mm -hmm. many days, many days. We'll shoot a dough. That's cool. Well, for, for people who want to, you know, this is the part where I say this thing, Jared, and I almost forget a lot of times, but for people who want to follow along, see what you guys are doing, learn from you. uh, A lot of things that you guys are posting are helpful for understanding what, what tracking is like, How, how can they get a hold of you guys? Instagram or Facebook's the easiest way. Uh, YouTube, check out our video we made last year. That probably has some good sort of overall tips on that. And just what do they search? Out. What's your handle? Northwoods Whitetails. Northwoods Whitetails. Write that down. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Really fun to watch. And uh, yeah, we always respond to anyone who DMs us too. So feel free. Even to us. That's how I got them on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I slid right in. Yeah. Yeah. Slide into the DMs. We like that. We get some interesting ones. We'll say that. Say that. We had someone offering to buy our boots the other day because they like sticky boots. But anyway, 
as long as they're autographed. A guy with a foot thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was right. some guy with a foot thing for sure. Uh, we did not, we did not fulfill that, even though we didn't get the money to produce this. <laughs> Wait, is there a price you would have accepted for your your used boots? Uh, we didn't. Uh, no, I don't think so. It, it, I, I don't know. These little cross boots are pretty hard to come by right now. Yeah. <laughs> There's a shortage of cross boots. As supply chain. I also think we on our Facebook we have our, our Gmail or our email account. Excuse me, it's not Gmail. So I mean, we're always happy to. Answer. The whole reason we got in this is not. For like vanity or notoriety is that's why we did it total vanity <laughs> no to bring people in the sport i know i know you guys are the same way to bring people yep. in the sport you know license sales are going down um and not only to bring people in the sport but when it's great and all we just want to preserve the big woods and preserve the way of tracks in the northeast so trying to get exactly to- even if people aren't going to get into it which is totally fine yeah if you learn about it and understand it you can appreciate it you can see that it has value and then you can preserve it and, and if, if you're there, are guys that aren't out there, aren't, if there aren't guys like you out there that are sharing this, it's somewhat unique way of hunting that is fairly unique to where you live. And, um, I would never have tried it, for example, had I not seen guys like you out doing stuff like that. So, um, keep it up. We really appreciate it. It's good stuff. And we really appreciate you have, uh, coming on and, and chatting with me and Jared. Yeah. Appreciate you having appreciate us. I just, you know, being stewards, I just finished with being stewards of good hunting. In Vermont, we see, like, I, I just got to say this, we see more posts yeah. every year. And, you know, I, I'm not throwing anyone under the bus, but there's a lot of road hunters or people who are lacking ethics. I shouldn't say lacking ethics. They're trying to do the easy way. and just right. to, Killing it. Killing it is the hunt. Than the pursuit. We're trying to be the stewards because the more posted signs there are, the harder it gets for everyone in the hunting world. It really does. And, and there's that, there's a woodsmanship element that you're you don't want people to lose uh, at least people not to appreciate you don't have to like know everything and whatever else but i mean if there are people that are interested or or, or something like that like there should be people that they can go and, and look to um and hunt from the road and those less than ethical ways of hunting is just you're you're really just che- cheating yourself out of something a lot bigger than than killing the deer i think cheating, you know, cheating the whole deer community hunting community in general yeah you know, which is a bummer well, hey, man, keep it up, both of you. Uh, thank you for your time, and thanks for uh, putting up with us for, for about an hour here. Thanks for having us. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode. We really do appreciate it. If you want to go on to any kind of social media platform, give us a like, share, subscribe. You know, it really help us out. keeps the train rolling. And if you guys really like what you're listening here, give us a five-star Either way, if, even if you don't like it. Even if you don't like review. it, five stars. That'd helps cool. everyone out. We'll see you out there.